You owe me so much. <laughs> you 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 owe me so much. Do it. You owe me. You owe me. You owe me. <sighs> Good afternoon. Good day. See, I'm totally not even getting it right. Good morning. Good day. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Good people wherever you are in the world. This is a special slash emergency quote unquote episode of Music and We. I am Jamila. And I'm Jesse. And Jesse owes me so much right now. I am a person who loves horror movies. And Jesse does not like horror movies. So I decided to watch whatever that was, the Thriller 40th <laughs> documentary. By Nelson George. Which, pretty full of horror, if you ask me. <laughs> so I guess we did watch a horror movie tonight. Oh, my God. That was... <laughs> it, was it was bad. In, <sighs> in a good way. I mean, some say bad. And good. What did we just watch? It was... Okay. We I just have... finished watching it. So this is our immediate... I have seen a lot of Michael Jackson fluff pieces over the years, and Nelson George has had a hand in a lot of those. Yeah. So this was actually, I don't know if this is worse than a fluff piece or, yeah, I think it was because it was disrespectful in a lot of ways, and we'll talk about why. <laughs> I thought this was incredibly disrespectful, not in a way this is it was disrespectful. Okay. How would you compare it in terms of No, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. I want to know your your impressions. Well, I mean, because I'm I'm gonna get specific into mine. Yeah, but what what's yeah, yours? We need that specific that specific specificity. Yes, I didn't enjoy it mainly because I felt like if having all of these artists come in from Usher to Mary J. Blige to just a lot of random faces of the well, I am not that they couldn't have given their perspective, but I felt like it's just a lot of. If this is about thriller, we don't need them talking about it. Like, I wanted a little bit more from people who were really in the process. And I felt like this was just going off of the notion, thriller is just immediately seen by people as the greatest album of all time. They don't really go into why that is for a lot of people or even what people enjoy the most about thriller because it's just captured as this one thing that is centered around all these other things. And I just felt like it was too all over the place. It wasn't a vision that I felt it didn't represent what I see through. It was definitely not a cohesive documentary at all. It it was awful. That documentary was trash. Straight trash. Oh, what would you rate this documentary from one to ten? One to ten? Yes. I'm giving it and it seems insane to say. I have a a number in my mind. You have a number in your mind? I'm probably wrong, but the number that comes to mind is 1.5. Man, I, I, I thought he was going to rate it higher. Dang. <laughs> I said three. Not me, but I thought you was oh. going to rate it three. <laughs> no, I mean, kind of maybe a two. Yeah, see, I, I figured it would be like up there in the... Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe a solid two. What do you think I rated? You said it was trash, so... It is. Zero. Negative five. Negative baby. five. 
terrible. Yo, I can't believe. I So, I tell y'all all the time, I don't deal with uh, posthumous stuff with Michael Jackson. And this is the perfect example as to why. First of all, we're going to go with the end with the credits. Why are they talking about all this posthumous stuff when the movie is supposed to feature a particular album that made no sense to me whatsoever yeah there are whole, the whole series of circus soleil and uh, this Miles is Frost, it this is the, it everything that was done after his passing yeah it seemed like a celebratory adage to the estate like hey we've been doing stuff exactly. look at us exactly keep supporting us because exactly. we represent this man who we briefly talked but yet to. they won't give people dangerous they won't get people dangerous 30, but they just keep making these films that they keep reproducing. Yeah. It's disrespectful to the fan base. And I don't, again, get stuff that's posthumous, but there are a lot of people that do. And the state is being very disrespectful to the Michael Jackson fan base by not giving them dangerous 30. Just playing in your faces when it comes to 30. Get people dangerous 30. What's, what's up with y'all? I'm not going to get it, but <laughs> other people will. I would love, yeah, dangerous 30. would love that. Yo, so the thing that I love the most, so yeah, there's always going to be a positive. My favorite thing about this whole movie, there's two things. When they were just showing the close-up, and they did it several times, the close-up of the, huh? I was saying that how angry MJ was. No, we're going to get to that. We're going to get, you're giving spoilers. (laughs) No, the close-up of the greatest mic in the whole world. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. The sure SM7B. Yes, absolutely. So that was the greatest part of the whole movie. And then they had the close-up hand shots. I have an obsession with close-up hand shots. So they did do that. So I was like, there's a couple of good qualities about this. That, that's it, though. <laughs> the close-up of the Shure SM7B, the greatest mic in the whole world. Thank you, Bruce. Bruce Redeen is the reason that we are using Shure SM7Bs right and now. We're using those mics, actually, right because now. Because... <laughs> of Bruce Wedeen. And when I did radio for 11 years, that's what we used. But in studying Bruce Wedeen and just looking at his recording process and the mics he used, I was like, I want that mic. Yeah. And this is the reason why we are using these mics today. Not even because I use them myself when I did radio, but Bruce Wedeen, the greatest engineer. Shout out to Bruce on that. R.I.P. man. Read the book Make My Music and read, what, what is it called? It's a, also a book that he wrote uh, when he worked with, talking about when he worked with Michael Jackson. So that is who we should have been addressing and speaking to. Engineers. Right. Why were engineers not focused on on this album, on, the, on this document? See, I can't even talk right. <laughs> this, this documentary is trash. The other thing that was very interesting was that my guess is they they had one album and they just passed it to everyone they were interviewing. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to see and maybe I'll look at it again so I can see up close what pressing they had because it was definitely a, a copy of an OG pressing. And how you know it's an OG pressing because it will say produced by Quincy Jones. Later pressings had another line that said co-produced by Michael Jackson. Hmm. So I don't know if you were familiar with that. No, I did not know that. Yeah, so they had the one that just said produced by Quincy Jones. Okay, so that was the original, the first That was the the first pressing had that. 
And then Michael Jackson was like, wait a minute. I produced a couple of songs. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh okay. Okay, 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 we'll put you co-produce on there. So oh, okay. I don't know. So that's interesting that they would show the first one. Yeah, and and the co-produced. Yeah, which you would think they would want to have that, right. but maybe they were interested in you know having those kind of details. Like this was the original. I don't know, but it is fascinating to me that they had the vinyl, and of course I love that because yeah. vinyl is the way to go. Right. I know you. you know, I know you love I, vinyl. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As evident by your. I actually gave uh, my mother. I had two copies of Thriller. I think I had three at one point, but I definitely had two. And I gave my mother the copy that did say co-produce one Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the other copy I kept was actually the Half Speed Master version, which is the only way I actually would enjoy listening to the album. Other than that, I don't really Just enjoy Just the Half it. Speed Master Yeah. Version? It sounds amazing. And so on the back, it does say produced by Quincy Jones. It doesn't have the co-produce. It also has... The original lyrics of Lady in My Life on the sheet, oh, wow. on the insert. And so the way that you hear that version is there's the collection of Rod Temperton songs. And so the full version of that song is on there. And it came out on Chrysalis a while back. R.I.P. Rod Temperton. This oh, is who they should have been featuring on this documentary. This documentary was so <laughs> trash. This... This makes me look like Michael Jackson's face, man. That yeah. he was so his face was <laughs> his so face was pissed off pissed the off. whole documentary. They couldn't find any pictures of this dude that there were not no pissed off. Like, <laughs> Smile. Damn. He was. He seemed to be very pissed off. Yes. Which I mean, this was an era where he, you know. See, he came back. He was just like, "This how y'all gonna treat me?" And I'm I'm gonna put in your mind and put these pictures in here because <laughs> this is how I feel about what y'all doing disrespecting my legacy like that. What's wrong with y'all? Yeah, the problem with this documentary is the problem they have with all of the documentaries. There's such a focus on the cultural impact of Michael Jackson and not the focus on his pen game, not the focus on the production, not the focus on the arrangements, not the focus on what happens in the studio. And I've actually had people go, well, you know, I don't know, that's what you want, but that is what I want. I want a whole documentary on literally talking to Steve Lukather. That is what I want. They should have sat there and had a 20 minute conversation with Steve Lukather. Absolutely. We were the first I'm, I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Luther. Luther. I can't even say it right. <laughs> Steve Lukather. <laughs> you know, I'm the wrong person for that. So. I know. Like, now I'm, I'm, I'm taking okay. over from you. <laughs> they talked to Greg Gaines. This is a dude who has shared so much experience with Michael Jackson. And y'all literally talked to him for at most like eight minutes. I don't even know. Yeah, they, they talked for a couple minutes to Paul Jackson Jr. I'm like, like y'all could have sat there and really piece, like got piece by piece his guitar licks, mm-hmm. the riffs. Like they could have even went in depth about Eddie Van Halen's playing, but they spent. Uh, I think they spent maybe all of like six minutes talking about what happened in the studio, and the rest of it was like the Thriller video, Motown right. 25, his hair, the, the Pepsi commercial. The things that we've his, seen. It's like, what is going on? I thought when they started going 
and started talking about the studio, and I was like, yeah, yeah right. That's, this is actually the point where it's going to get good. And then they cut it off. And again, having these people like Mary J. Blige and Mark. What were they doing in there? <laughs> That's what we kept saying the whole time. Like, why are you here? Why are they why here? Why are you here? Because it's not really advancing thriller. Why is Mark Ronson there? What What was his role in this documentary? What was Usher's role? And then Usher was all like talking about how beat it was for us and how it was for us. Like, and then the next line they said, oh, he wanted to make beat it for the young white boys. It's like, which right. one is it? <laughs> right. That's that's right. That's, that's a good catch. Yeah. First it was for us. And then suddenly he's like, oh, Michael is making this for white teenage males. Right. But not girls. Not girls. Yeah, Michael Jackson's whole thing, and you could see this in various interviews, and you can see this, he wanted to appeal to the masses. And that's what Thriller was about. And he was, the funny thing about this documentary is that it it really showed you how arrogant Michael Jackson really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of showed you in his bag of like, I'm the greatest. This has to be at the top. You have to do your job and make sure I'm in the stores with the promotion and everything. Like, he was... Talking his shit like, yo, I'm, I'm hit, I'm it. Like and you it. are gonna get Jane right. Fonda to present this right award exactly. To me. <laughs> yeah, I want the world to see this white woman giving me an award. I like, want it to be bow like, down, bitches. Right? right? <laughs> that, that, my literally, right. this documentary should have been called Bow you Down, know, Bitches. Funny enough, because I we didn't talk about this last. Uh, episode, but I did see the Beyonce Renaissance film, and there are connections that I noticed. I mean, Beyonce, obviously, I mean, she's mentioned this a lot about Michael Jackson, but a lot of that film reminded me of how the fanfare is with Michael, like just going out of your way to show the people react to Michael on stage and to show those reactions like so consistently. And I feel like the bulk of Beyonce's film was the fans really mm-hmm. bawling out, crying, talking about how great she is. And I know she had to get a lot of that from Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson, just how he promoted himself, you think of the history, you know, these statues, you see the military <laughs> with him running. Like, he wanted the people to see, like, yeah, people running after me. So, yeah, the arrogance and the, like, grandiose, like, mm-hmm. chest pumping is very clear in this doc. Like, Yeah, and it's... I feel like that element was there way more than other documentaries, which is why I would not totally call this a fluff piece. And it's actually not even because of the arrogance that they sort of alluded to, but it was worse because again, it's supposed to be representing and celebrating the 40th anniversary of this album, but it was a celebration of an image of a person in that era. It wasn't really a celebration of the album at all. And just my perception of how you would celebrate an album it was like if you had uh this is metallica reference here but a year and a half in the life of metallica so they showed at the beginning like people talking about metallica and the impact of the album but what was most of the film them in the studio right that is what i want to see if you're talking about thriller or bad or any of these albums i don't want to see just 15 minutes out of a hour and a half movie about Michael Jackson in the studio. I want the whole documentary to be Michael Jackson in the studio. And then uh, within that, all of that documentary film or documented film, I want to hear interviews with people who worked with him in the studio. Mm-hmm. I knew that's what this wasn't going to be, but 
you know? I would say the longest like studio footage we saw was him and Paul McCartney like doing the girl is mine. Exactly, yeah, and that song is trash. Right, out of all of the songs, y'all choose that one where we get the most footage. And they didn't even play the demo version, which is a superior right. version. When it's just him. That's what really bothers me whenever, you know, someone's talking about Thriller is no one talks about the demo versions. And that, yeah, this this documentary missed the opportunity. Like, they, the, the documentary they literally it, right? could have talked about how the demos built into the album. Absolutely. And you could have had a whole film right Because we don't need Quincy. I mean, and Quincy was not really in this film. I mean, they referenced Good. him, but he, he didn't speak at all. Good. Audio. Good. Well, I guess there was a little audio, but... The truth is, again, if you're going to talk about Thriller, you got to talk about the demo versions. you got to speak of how that gave Quincy a direction. I mean, to make it like Quincy did it all, it's just revisionism. And that's kind of what a lot of people still do when they talk about Thriller. Is they, they don't even mention the Thriller demos. So The Girl Is Mine version, it had vibes in it. It was a, a more jazz reading of the song. It was the far superior version. And they didn't even play... They literally, it's the estate. They literally have the rights to these tapes. Yeah. It's disrespectful. And they didn't play them. That's what I'm talking about. It's disrespectful to Michael Jackson's legacy. They stay disrespecting this dude, man. They stay disrespecting this dude. But I want to get on Michael for a minute. (laughs) Because they had this segment where they were talking about MTV. This is my favorite part. They were like, well, MTV, you know, like, we want to appeal to middle America and you know the white people because it's rock music as if African people never played rock music whatever and Michael Jackson fixes his mouth to say well you know I wanted to tell a story that everyone would play and so with Billie Jean and Thriller you never would play it because MTV's not showing blacks blacks Michael and it was how he said it it was how he said it it was like how a racist would say blacks. <laughs> and I know he didn't mean to say it like, but it was just like, it, it was it like, was, yeah. it was like, you know, I don't identify myself as black. So it's like the blacks. Like the blacks, exactly. It yeah. Was like, it, the blacks. <laughs> it was so funny when we heard that. We had to run it back like t- twice. Because <laughs> it was like, wow, Michael. It's like, it, and so it, it kind of <laughs> leads to John Landis. We're going to get to that guy. Yeah, but it was I, kind of. Wait interesting because michael jackson did live in this whole other world apart from everyone so that's how he approached it and that reminded me totally of the martin Bashir interview when he was you know talking about peter pan he's like well that's why there's colored people right yeah i'm like michael (laughs) no come on yo where have you been have you really been separate from the world because why you Who talks like this? She's like, the blacks and colored people. Like, I know you were born in 1958, but, bro. Come on, man. It was, when was that, 2003 when he did that interview? Who says colored people? Colored people, like, come on. Right. This dude is on one. (laughs) When he said black, I was like, yo, Yo, stop this. Did you say say black? Like, the blacks. He's like, it's like, it's like so wait, MTV is a show the blacks. Michael? Who are you, Alex Jones? Like, what? <laughs> what is this? I look in the mirror and I know I'm black. Do you really? Do you, Michael? Do you really? Because he just referred to <laughs> the blacks. The blacks. The blacks. I wonder if anybody else caught that. I should turn my username to the blacks. <laughs> oh, please. Hell no. I'm going to be mad at you. It's you so did. funny. The oh, blacks. Michael, the blacks. 
That's how he sounded, even if he didn't mean I know. that. Like, Michael, what are you talking about? That was the wrong insert in this documentary. But it did make me laugh hysterically. Like, like I fell on the floor. Bro. <laughs> bro. What's happening? Bro. So, yeah, they show people like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields. Right. I'm like, why? Why are you here? Are these people here? You should have kept it to Paul Jackson Jr., Steve Luke, Luke, like, why can't I pronounce Steve Luke? I pronounced it fine when we were watching it. Steve Lucather, Lucather, okay. <laughs> Greg filling gains. They could have, they could have literally went 20 minutes on the mechanics of the short SM7B. And they could have had footage of Bruce Fadeen, RIP, talking about the mechanics of how he hooked up the mic for mic, like, that's the stuff I want to see. How many times are we going to see footage of Motown 25? How many times? And just to see people's reactions of it, too. Like, what does that serve to see how Mary J. Blige... What was she doing there? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, why do we need to see people reacting of how fantastic this event was? Like, we get the significance without it being co-signed by current artists. Like, it doesn't... They have nothing to do with the production of the album. It makes no sense. So yeah, the hand shots we're doing want to be starting something. I want to bring up want to be starting something too. Because Mark Ronson mispronouncing Mama Say Mama Sal Mamakusa. I was like, no, no. And I love that they did not bring up the fact because they were like, oh, because the waters, they had the, the waters siblings on there who sang background. And they were like, Michael, what does that mean? He's like, oh, it doesn't mean nothing. You know, just sing it. I, I love the fact, and that's what, so this is part of the fluff piece, but they did talk about the, the E.T. album mm-hmm. lawsuit and everything. They talked about that, but they didn't mention the Manu Dibongo R.I.P. lawsuit. So right. Mama Say Mama Sa Mama Kusa is derived from Mama Ko Mama Sa Mama Makusa from the song Somakosa mm-hmm. by Manu Dibongo, who Frankie Crocker, I think, was the first person in the U.S., to at least on the east coast of the U.S. to play this song, and then it spread. So that is where Michael Jackson got Mama Say, Mama Sa, Mama Kusa. So you could call it an interpolation or whatever, but Manu Dibango was like, oh, no. Oh, this sounds too much right. like Mama Ko, Mama Sa, Mama Makusa. And he sued Michael Jackson. Actually, he sued Michael Jackson twice wow. because the second time he also sued Rihanna, who right, sampled... Mama say Mama Sa, Mama Kusa for what's that song? Don't stop the music or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. both got settled out of court. Uh, so the fact that they didn't even mention that was that that raised my eyebrow because they went all in about the the E T right. because it put Michael in this light like he's arrogant like he's gonna get what he wants. Uh-huh. But when Michael is at a quote unquote weaker position, they didn't yeah, they highlight that. Him. They should highlight the highs and the lows of the thriller period. Not just like, well, yeah, he's he's like, I'm going to get what I want, which is how they approach this. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have had footage of Manu Dimango talking about this. Yeah. You know, e- even if it was right, like just, a right. minute or two. Yeah, that would have been good context so that folks knew. Because to say, oh, Michael's like, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. It doesn't like, mean anything. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, that takes away. Which is disrespectful to Cameroonians everywhere as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So him saying it don't mean nothing. So you're disrespecting African languages. Plus, you're saying the black. 
Right. I'm like Michael. Like, we gotta we gotta talk about that, y'all. Like, come on, Michael. This this whole. <laughs> and then they spent more time talking about TikTok. There was a whole section about how well Michael Jackson is doing on TikTok. So Ole Oberman, is that his name? Ole Oberman? Oberman. So he is a global head of music for TikTok. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, the Michael Jackson music, uh, you know, came on the TikTok in August 2020. And, you know, there's like two billion likes. So this, this is an advertisement right. for TikTok at this point. So you're spending more time advertising for TikTok, which is maybe how they got some of the funding for this movie? I don't know. Yeah. So it's all this weird licensing thing. Yeah. So it becomes less about the art and more about licensing and intellectual property than the process of creating what people consider the greatest album of all time. It's just, it's disrespectful. Not like playing focus on the ingredients of what made Thriller what it is. You're losing the value of like, yeah. Why is thriller seen as like? Let's talk to the people who were there. Let's you know interview people who could have something to say about it, rather than oh look at how people are dancing to the thriller because of this new viral moment. You know, <laughs> like you literally, you literally could have had ten minutes of footage of Jeff Picaro playing drums. I'd rather see that. Hey Jeff Picaro, can you hit the snare in this way? And if you right. hit the snare, then, you know, then you hit the hi-hat in this way. Can you do, ba-bam, you know, because you're doing that, like, ba-bam, can you hit it, ba-bam, you know, whatever. Like, that kind of footage. Or John Robinson, he, I think he was the one who played drums on Billie Jean. Get him! I think he's still physically on this earth as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's so many people they could have gotten but they focus on the cultural aspect of Michael Jackson and the Pepsi commercial and all of this stuff, which in the context, again, of the creation of the 40th anniversary of this album, why would you focus on that stuff? Yeah, why is it even called through the 40th if you're not going to talk about the details? And wouldn't it be 41 if it was produced in 2023? And I guess because... Thriller came out, I think, November of 1982, so maybe they're like, that was too late in the 1982 game, yeah. so we'll just consider it 40 this year. I don't know. I I agree with you that it was very little cohesion to this documentary. Where, do, where, this Thriller video, okay? So, they talk, what, what's her name? Um, John Landis's wife. Oh, right there. <laughs> <laughs> she spoke in detail of how they wanted to make Michael cool and masculine. Right, Deborah, Deborah Landis, that's her name. She's like, I, I just, you know, the, the, the contrast between, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, the contrast between how I perceive Michael Jackson and how I want him to look in this video. He's not masculine enough for me. So I want to put him in this red jacket and I want him to do this and that. And then John Landis, ugh is kind of he's also utilizing the same kind of message it's like well that mask is not great but Mm -hmm. you get this other mask that makes him tougher because michael jackson is just not you know he's not the scary black man that you know (laughs) i perceive black men to be right they won't believe him if you know people are gonna laugh if he says that because you know he doesn't look oh i'm not like other guys (laughs) 
and you know everybody laughed so you know like, uh, i'm glad i told him because he right. you know he rolled with it because if i didn't tell him that and they left right. he would have been hurt his ego would have been bruised i mean possibly but john landis let me tell so you said you did not know the story of john landis you said yourself when you watched this documentary that he seemed arrogant yeah, i mean i guess he matched yeah. michael jackson's arrogance right <laughs> So Very much arrogant, this guy, who is a director of your favorite movie, Coming to America. <laughs> so there was a little movie, you know, after American Werewolf in London. And in between that and Thriller was a little movie called The Twilight Zone. So John Landis was one of the directors of The Twilight Zone. There was an actor, Vic Morrow, and two children of Asian descent. So Vic Morrow, in... His role in this uh, segment of the movie, which Vic Morrow apparently hated, and he despised John Landis, and with good reason. So Vic Morrow's character is supposed to be a racist, and he hated everybody. And so karma exists, and so he goes back in time. I think uh, one of the scenes, I think he is in a concentration camp. Uh, another scene... He is. He goes back in time to a lynching as an African man, mm. and the other is that he is saving two kids in Vietnam. So he's a soldier and he's saving two kids. Okay. So this is where our story shapes, and why John Landis is a murderer. Wow. So the part in the this trash documentary is when he talks about you know the masks not being realistic enough or whatever. John Landis is a person who always strived for realism to the point where he ended up murdering three people. And murdering? yes, he had, he had a hand in murdering three wow. people as a film director. So, and I, I'm telling the short story, like there, there, you can, there's books written about it. There's, yeah, he has actual bullets. He was shooting actual bullets. And one of the stunt people, they had to move him really quick for they shot the bullets. So there are two kids. Basically, he trumped uh, child labor laws. Didn't tell the parents. So the parents are like, oh, yeah. They were like, oh, they're, you're going to be fine or whatever. So they had these two young kids working at night. I think they were the ages of six and seven. Working at night, surpassing labor laws. Yeah, six and seven right. working on set. Right. Right. So they handed the parents money and they were like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, go away. Right. These two kids are there. Vic Morrow. Uh, so he's having his issues with John Landis. And so there is a helicopter pilot who was actually in the military, obviously had expertise, but John Landis is like, I want you to fly closer to the ground. Yeah, you see where this is going. And the pilot's just like, I don't think that's, bro, I don't think that's a really good idea. John Landis is like, no, realism, realism, realism. In this scene, Vic Morrow, and, and there's actually video on YouTube, you can find. Vic Morrow is carrying these two children, and it's like wind, it's like all this kind of stuff. The pilot is doing what he's told to do, it's directed to do, and two out of three people are beheaded, and oh. one person is crushed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just because he wanted it to be like a yes. real... Yes, a war scene, yes. Wow. And I'm telling the short story. I'm not even telling all the details. Jesus. So there's footage of this happening. And then the crew is like, no. So one of the crew members, you see them go. 
So they're running over there, and then they see that, and they're like, oh! Yeah, wow. you can only imagine. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so there was a trial. John Landis was not found guilty. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be found guilty for that? Like, that's clearly him in the wrong. Him and, directing uh, the urgency and all of that. Right. And Warner Brothers was also implicated, but they said, essentially... They were paying these... I mean, the fact that those children were there... Mm-hmm. Without their parents, so they were, paid off like, like they that. went past child labor laws. That's yeah. just insane. And then John Landis hit Thriller. <laughs> yeah, that puts a yeah. So your hunch was right about John Landis. Gross. He's a murderer, and because yeah, well, of it, that, it makes me think. Like you mentioned, where he was like, "Oh, Michael wasn't scarier enough." Like he was really going for his perception of how he sees Africans to be, like. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Murphy was not talking to him for years. Wow. Yeah. So um, there's actually a really good podcast that talks about it. I mean, I have I was I was so obsessed with this for a number of years with this this very instance about John Landis being a murderer. But there is an episode. There's a, one of my favorite podcasts, Behind the Bastards, also goes into like there's a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. that talks about this. But um, oh in Behind the Bastards, they actually talk about. Um, the feud between Eddie Murphy and John Landis. So John Landis, of course, directs Coming to America. And John Landis, <laughs> Eddie Murphy, I guess he does the interview in Playboy. John Landis is like, you better not ruin this for me. And don't you try to like sleep with the star or whatever. <laughs> like like Sher- Sherry Headley. It, it was just how he came at Eddie Murphy, man. And so he's like, I'm not talking to that dude. I think they did Beverly Hills Cop 3 and then like, guess they decided to talk but for years eddie murphy did not talk to john landis because he's a horrible person yeah he's horrible he has that laugh that just makes it seem as if he knows what he's talking about and like he has the right idea he's still allowed to make movies after what he did yeah that's insane yeah so that is what i that is what i mean by john landis like you're responsible for the deaths Few people. Three people, mm-hmm. Three at people. least, and wow. several injuries. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if they're speaking now, but Steven Spielberg stopped talking to John Landis because of that. Yeah. So if you watch the Twilight Zone movie, that is yeah, very so much that, attached to that movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You should look closely at that. Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, John Landis is not a good person, and so I knew they were going to show him. I like, watch, they're going to show John Landis, and they did. And they gave him more time than they actually had time for the work in the studio of this album. And that really pisses me off. (laughs) That really pisses me off. Like, how many documentaries do we have on the Thriller movie? There's literally a documentary, a VHS, VHS of the making of Thriller. Why do we need to add that? There's not a lot of documentaries, if at all, on the studio sessions. That is what I want to see. Come on. Yeah, like, come on, y'all. We don't get that. Ugh. The point where John Landis is talking about, you know, oh, how was that? And Michael Jackson's like, oh, it's fine. Fine. I want it to be great. Right. He's yeah. like, the next day, Michael's great. Is this, that's John Landis. Yeah. Oh. God. So, I don't know. Do you have any last words for this trash? <laughs> I mean... The census is out. I mean, I've seen some of the reviews. Oh, you have? I haven't. Yeah, and folks do not like this documentary. Are you serious? Wait, okay. Let's talk about that. Because uh, Jam and Lewis were also in it. I feel like you could have even... I feel like besides the people who work directly in the sessions, 
Jam and Lewis were probably the best people to talk to. But other than that, why is Mary J. Blige in it? Why uh, why is Maxwell? Like, he barely said anything. Raphael Sadiq was only at the beginning. Yeah. Why was Raphael Sadiq in there? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It just seemed like they were just filling in. And why did we start something? I, like, the more I think about it, the more I dislike that song. Because this is, I'm telling you, as much as I love Michael Jackson, like his class interests are not our class interests. Pay attention to the actual song. So the root of that song is apparently about Latoya on some level, I think. And I, oh, I wish Latoya was in this so oh, bad. I know. She's the only Jackson I wanted to see in this That's documentary. That's what you saying. Where's Latoya? I wanted to see Latoya really bad because she was really a part of that whole story too. So I don't know if. Oh, you know, Latoya's probably not talking to anybody from the estate. Mm. Ah, <laughs> she does not like the Johns. She does right. not like John McClain or John. <laughs> okay, that just clicked. She does not like them. Okay. Well, she has a reason. I mean, Dang, I really wanted Latoya to be there really bad. I think part of the song is about her. She's actually covered it before too. I don't, have you seen that? I have seen that. <laughs> I love Latoya, man. She's. She's she gets funny. a bad rap. I I know I know she went in that whole thing like in That's the 90s. I know, but No, she betrayed Michael. I I I get it. Man, leave Latoya alone, man. That's, a, <laughs> that's all I got to say. I, I, leave leave Legend Toya alone, okay? Leave Legend Toya alone. But want to be started something. The fact that he says if you can't feed your baby then don't have the baby. No. Yeah, I know. Don't no, 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 no. no. Right. Like don't yeah, don't don't, don't do that. Pick, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do No one talks about that lyric, but it is a No. Lyric. Because it's trash lyric. Yeah, people go out their way and be like, but you don't agree with that? I mean No, I don't. No. <laughs> so you you basically you were attacking poor people. Right. You're yeah. attacking poor people. Mm-hmm. The blacks. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Ah. So yeah, I like the the older I get, the less I like that song. Yeah, I know. It's one of those songs that it's a trash. It's a trash perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's copping African people. See, right. this Michael Jackson's mess. We gotta do like we. Got, I know we did some episodes here, but we gotta really like dig into Michael Jackson's contradictions, man. Yeah, because this is. Yo, he got some, man. Some, they, some is understatement. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't get that, like, no one is really talking about that. Because he's Michael Jackson. It's the cultural, he, It's the like, moonwalk. The, moonwalk, the fact that he's the to, first black right. on MTV. <laughs> so people kind of, like, leave him alone. But this dude, do he really like us? I'm serious. Like, we got to ask that question. He said, I look in the mirror. I know I'm and but what does that mean what does that mean like really what does that mean see exactly you can't answer it you can't answer <laughs> it means well i'm gonna play the, play the devil's advocate it means that he's going to go out in the, the hoods and he's going to learn our moves and showcase that through okay justin timberlake <laughs> okay justin beaver and yeah yeah answer. exactly might you can't answer it he can't even answer it. He, he wouldn't probably have an answer for it. He's like, I don't, I just, I I just know. You. I love you more. I, we he, are he, the world. Right. And there's a place in your heart 
That song is corny as hell, but I love it. I, love I don't. It. So, yeah, it, I always say it too. Yeah, I love that. I don't know. Anyway, reviews. What were, what were people saying? So, so I'm gonna read. Because everybody read. knows this is trash, and they write. It's the first time I probably agree with Michael Jackson fans. So, homie Randy said, "I respect the." Wait, best. Randy? Randy Jackson? No. Oh. Who's known as Poppy Funk Groove on Twitter? X Twitter or whatever. I respect the passion and the work of the documentary. I can't fault the people working behind the scenes, but the doc as a whole, not great at all. Widely inconsistent. The narrative theme is all over the place. For example, the Billie Jean segment. They rushed into Motown too fast. The TikTok segment was not necessary. Human nature segment went left and right. I wish there was a storyline. Cough Love Spike Lee on Bad 25 that told the story of the creation of the thriller. Wait, did it? You saw that? Yeah. You so you see the Spike Lee? Yeah, I see the Spike Lee. Yeah. So they were pretty cohesive. Yeah, the Spike Lee is pretty cohesive. Did they talk about the actual studio time? They did. But How much time did they again. dedicate? I, I, I would have to watch it again because it's been a long time. Yeah, you watching that? I'm not. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> this was enough to. You made me watch this. Is it? And this? I'm not doing this. No. It says that the uh, interviews with Quincy and Rob on the Thriller 2001 edition was better than the doc. At least Quincy talked about the botched Thriller. That's true. Yeah. I agree with that. In conclusion, inconsistent doc. Themes are all over the place. Footage I appreciate, but I know there's more involved. The energy and spirit was there, but it was executed as a high-quality YouTube documentary. <gasps> if, I, if I could drop this SM7B, I would. That's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. it's a YouTube documentary with a lot, like YouTube. I've seen better YouTube documentaries. Yeah. That's true. See, they needed to get the fans to do. Nelson George is too involved. He even po- posted some of his like papers his in there. Paper. That's what I'm saying. Nelson George, this was he's terrible. Thing. Anytime he does something about Michael Jackson, it's just like you could just see him like, yeah, I, I want to be. And why they put the picture after he got perned? They put a bad error picture there. Right. What's that got to do with Thriller? Widely inconsistent. What? Who else said stuff? Uh, Some people have been complimenting the new footage. So like when Michael had the... What news footage? With the blue sweater or the green sweater. I've seen that footage before. I don't think that's new footage, is it? For a lot of people, it's new. Oh. Okay. A lot of folks don't. I guess I was too too like deep in it that I seen all of <laughs> Right. <laughs> Cause the, the footage that I never seen before was like someone when he was at the mic. But the yeah. other footage I, all the other footage I seen. You seen all of them? Yeah. As far as I yeah, as far as I know. I think the documentary okay, so this comes from Victor. I think the documentary could have been stronger if they had included more footage of Michael talking about the album, although I appreciate it. What we got, they could have incorporated the 1993 Mexico disposition, 1999. Did you say disposition? Deposition. (laughs) (laughs) It's disposition on, you know, 1993. (laughs) They could have incorporated the uh, 1999 interview with MTV or the 2007 interview with Ebony. So people are essentially saying it's kind of trash. Yeah. Yeah. Folks are saying it could have been better. Not anything really new was revealed. Mm Mm-hmm. Nelson George, not a not a good look, man. But this is nothing new. He always produces fluff like this. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say partial fluff because some of it wasn't. But he always does this. And why? Cause he can. <laughs> Cause they give him money to do it. Right. 
People are saying, after watching the Thriller doc, I think it's about time we get a documentary detailing Michael's vocals. We need a documentary Bing. about that. Because they did talk about it, but again, it was just like, this is how it made me feel. Right. We, but, don't need, we don't need any of those folks that were there to just co-sign how great it sounded to be. Right. We didn't need them. Right. There's literal Bruce Fadeen yeah. speeches talking, going into detail, picking apart the layers. Right. You could have had that. But what did you do? Spend 25 minutes talking about Motown 25. Something we've seen two billion times already. There's a whole VHS about Thriller and the making of. And they showed footage from that VHS. Yeah, how did this... I had had that VHS. How did this advance our listening experience of Thriller? How did it make anyone, like, be curious to listen to the album? Everybody on earth has the album. Right. We're not even talking about why people have the album or what makes people really love the album. It was, again, it was just so many places it went. Like, having Brooke Shields, I mean, and the amount of time Brooke Shields was there to be like, oh, Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, <laughs> and the thing that also made me upset was Quincy Jones talking about the blank space on the tape. Then they heard the Toto version of Human Nature. Right. But they didn't play it. But they didn't play it. I mean, no. I've heard this, the whole song, but I feel like... Demo. That's about the only demo they played. Was Billie, Billie Jean. Billie Jean. To me, I was a lonely man, and I felt to sit. She come in and said hello, oh damn, die. Then I sit in a cup and ride. <laughs> See that you, the Beverly, and then what I made. Papa said, you must be careful what you do. Be careful what you do. But I come and I don't care what everybody says. I love that version. It's better than the album version. I don't care. And they played that, but yeah, they didn't play demo versions of a lot of stuff. And I'm pissed off that they did not play the demo version of The Girl Is Mine. Yeah. Like, if that's the version, because that's incredibly different than so what different. ended up being on the album. There's not, I mean, if you're going to do a documentary about the album, why aren't we hearing demos throughout the whole... Dissect the like, album. Dissect it. That's what folks want to hear. The fans want to hear that. We want to hear how long it took. We want to hear the process. No, let's just talk about how impactful it was. And oh, the scents were just so strong. And they come in so so surprisingly. And it's just the production of this really got me stuck on just the guitar part. Like, that's what Mark Ronson was saying. Talk about beat it. Like, the guitar part. I was just stuck on the guitar Man, man, say what, how you put it. Man, say, mama, say. You got them folks talking about Thriller. Like, what is like they could have had they could have had footage of Pop and Taco. They could have talked to Jeffrey Daniel if you're going to get into the dance. Come on. They could have had an interview with him. Why are they interviewing Usher? Usher. Will I am. Why? Why? And we then, did and not then, need them. And we then really uh, 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 Will I Am in his Apple product. Right. It's just like, yeah, see, <laughs> see all you, all Michael you. Michael was the first to do. Bloop, bloop. See, it was Michael. Ooh. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Here come. The, I mean, right. Pygmy Markham. If you if you want to have an argument, Pygmy Markham was one of the first to do the noises. Hmm. 
So what was it's like you could always like? trace it back. James Brown, James like Brown. they were talking about, oh, they didn't show the camera on his footwork or whatever. But James Brown did all that. It's like, what are y'all talking about? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. They act like, you know, yeah, they, they mentioned Bill Bailey. They mentioned, you know, I mean, they mentioned the sources, sure. But they still act like, there weren't more sources or they act like, well, cause he put it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was just how it was done was disrespectful as far as I'm concerned to Michael Jackson's legacy. And it kind of did the same thing that this is it did where he was just like, I'm going to get what I want at any cost. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I definitely get that. Like, and then again, all of the images of him was like mad face, like the stank face. He was not like that is like a very big characterization of him but again it didn't focus on the music and just kind of the inspiration behind the songs they should have had way more demo inclusion we didn't need i mean because think about it what if they took away mary j blige they took away usher what i am then you wouldn't have shares, a film apparently right it would probably just be like 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. which that would have been better <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Nelson George. Boo! Boo! Boo. Well, we kept, one thing that was funny watching the film. Like, middle fingers. Middle fingers up. Mid- every time middle we fingers saw. up when we saw John Landis, Quincy Jones, <laughs> Joe Jackson. Yeah! yeah Joe right, Jackson, yeah. too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Middle fingers are all y'all. No. Trash. No. Trash. And any Jackson family members listen to this, yeah, middle finger to Joe Jackson. I don't have to love him. He's not my family. Right. He's trash. He's trash. Don't come for me. This is just my opinion. <laughs> He's trash, okay? It was so funny. Middle finger to all of them. John McClain, like John Breaker, middle fingers. Yeah, they didn't even show John McClain. Right. right. And I wonder what's, what Tage is doing. I don't know if this is the one he was supposed to be involved in. He was supposed Who's to be working Who's Tage? Taj. Oh, see? See? oh no! See? I call Raphael Sadiq Ralph Sadiq. You was wrong for that. I was like, who's Ralph Sadiq? You said Ralph Sadiq and Tej. See, but I, I, I can't say John. Or Steve, I'm saying John. I can't even like say his name right. Steve Lukather. I can't even say that. So I can't. I can't talk about you. I said I said Luther when it's Luther. So yeah, I can't talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> These names are slipping me up. Tish. Yeah. Oh, oh, meant, uh, one thing I wanted to mention was the the Motown Twenty Five performance. Mm. The lip singing. Lip singing. The lip singing. Lip syncing. Syncing. I say singing, but yeah, syncing. <laughs> because when you sing, you you are lip syncing. <laughs> <laughs> lip. Sinking. Yes. Where you're sinking your lips to the you know, Exactly. Song, right. Yes. So like no one talks about that from that before. Oh, I do all the time. Oh, yes. It's like, oh, it's the great. It's just like, well, I've been He sang live with his brothers and then lip synced to Billy Jean. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of like takes away from the performance, I feel. Because it's not live, you know? It's Memorex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Prince said, my microphone is on. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that's the biggest slight for you know no, I'm, Michael I'm, Jackson's career. 
No, but there's some. That's one thing that people mentioned all the time. Like, why? Why did he do that? Why couldn't he just sing live? Because all that dancing he was doing, he probably wouldn't remember the lyrics. <laughs> Professional as he was, he'd probably be like, ah. Because that was his first time. Yeah. And, you know, when he was on tour, he did do it live. So, you know, right. again, it's not a slight. It's just, it's, I was, what was that? March 25th, 1983. I was alive to see that. I do not remember that Billie, Billie Jean performance That's at so all. Funny. I remember the part with the Jacksons, but not the Billie Jean. And everybody was talking about it at school the next day, of course. I remember the Supremes part. I remember the Marvin Gaye part and the Stevie Wonder part the most. And when the Jacksons were singing, wow. but I I really don't remember that's funny. the Billie Jean part because that's the most iconic. Exactly, that's the part everybody talk about. talks about. And you don't remember that. Part. I don't. I really don't. So there it is. <laughs> you got any any uh, final words for this no, episode? This trash was, ass yeah, was, that you made me watch. Yeah, I didn't know. I knew it wasn't going to be that this, bad. This or horror, that's good. This right? horror show. Right, the horror show, <laughs> Thriller Forty. I mean. Yeah, I, I just hate that Michael's being disrespected by the estate, by you know the estate. Nothing and, new. Yeah, we don't know what to expect, but we know it's not going to be in honor of Michael or his legacy. It's in honor of Michael's ca- Michael's cash. Yeah. <laughs> All of the things he did. That's why he had to remind us after the 40th about this is it and Circus Soleil and. The Broadway show with Miles Frost and all that. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I still consider This Is It to be the worst film of all time. <laughs> I still, I have accurate? not seen, and well, this one's pretty bad, but This Is It is the worst film I've ever seen in my whole life. And I maintain that until That's I see sad. something worse. Yeah. <laughs> this film is whack, it's awful, and Michael Jackson is black, right? He's he's, he's <laughs> for the blacks. That's what Michael said. For the blacks. He said the the MTV doesn't show blacks. <laughs> for the blacks, it's like for all all my black people. <laughs> but then he also said, I look in the mirror, I know I'm black. He said, he said, yeah. When when you. The Rolling Stones, you know, they they cover Otis Blackwell. Otis Blackwell's black. Otis <laughs> black. God. Love you, Michael, but you know, you yeah. guys, yeah. yo. Sometimes you trash too. I'll t- <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>